I'm your host, Julie Dirks, and today we're going to be talking about the five stages of grief and why I believe we need to stop following it as a guide in our grief journey. We still live in a very grief-avoidant society, but if you ask most people, they've heard about the five stages of grief. It's very well known, which grief seems to now get based off of. We hear it talked about in movies, TV shows and in in books. So if you're anything like I was when I lost Jason, I really knew nothing about grief. I did know about the five stages, but had never dove deep into them and researched them and what they're all about. Jason was my first significant loss. I had lost grandparents in the past, but this was the first one that truly hit me hard and I really had no idea what my grief journey was going to bring. Now where I live, we have this lovely service called Victim Services and it's a crisis response program that provides assistance to families of tragic circumstances. So I had two crisis response volunteers come to my house the morning Jason had died and they were such a great service for me that day. They helped me tremendously and with a lot of things. The one thing they left with me was this pamphlet on grief, which I remember later that night, I picked it up just to scan through it. And I saw the five stages of grief. And what it automatically did for me was start mapping it out for myself like a timeline. So first there's denial, which I was already in. Most people slip right into denial when we hear something tragic. It's a defense mechanism. But then there's also anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Now, what I think this does for so many like myself, who only know this theory as the only theory of grief, is it was like this checklist for me to go through and and check them off once I was done. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go through denial, already in it. And then once I'm done with denial, I'm going to check that off. I'm going to move into the anger phase and check that off, move into the bargaining, check depression, check that off. And finally, I'll move into acceptance where I will be done. That's the finish line. That's going to be the end of my grief. And what I hate the most about the five stages of grief now is how it does make it seem like there is a finish line to grief. So when we never get to that finish line, and we're still dealing with all this grief and all these emotions, it can really make us feel like failures or that you're grieving wrong. Shame can even come in. Or you try to start forcing yourself to accept because that's where you're supposed to be. You've gone through these other stages and it's the last thing to check off. So you start suppressing and denying all the emotions that continue to come up because grief is going to continue to come up. And I've said this before, I kind of somehow came up with giving myself a year to grieve. I don't know why I gave myself a year, but that's just the timeline I put on myself. And I thought if I can just get to that year marker, I'd somehow maybe move into acceptance since, you know, it'd been a year and I must be able to accept it on his year one death day. Like, okay, he's been gone for a year. This is actually happening 
time to accept it. And I'd be able to, you know, wipe my hands clean of it and go, whew, okay, done with that. So glad it's over. Well, let's move on. But that year mark came and that didn't happen at all. It was complete opposite. The year marks are really, really hard. But what it made me do eventually and slowly was dive into grief further. And I wanted to educate myself on grief. I didn't know a lot about grief. And even though I was feeling all these feelings, I, I knew I was grieving, but I wanted to I wanted to learn about grief. I, I mean, I'm going through it. So why not learn about what I'm going through? So I found lots of books and I read them and I learned different theories and concepts. And what I learned was far from what I knew. I mean, I wanted an endpoint, like so many who would, you know, that's probably one of the most common questions I get from clients that I coach is when will this be over? When is the endpoint? Because nobody wants to keep grieving forever. And that deep pain, that deep sadness, those overwhelming consuming emotions, they're not fun. They're heavy. It's messy. So I honestly think believing there was an end to this in the first year actually helped me get through it. But it also kept me very numb and resisted feeling my emotions and kept running away from them because, you know, what? I'm like, if I can just kind of zombie through this year, I won't have to deal with any of this because I'm going to be done with it, which is definitely a form of denial. And when I kind of came to acceptance that that's not the fact, you know, let's dive into this. So let me educate you here a little because I, I truly now love educating about grief the more we know about grief, the better relationship we'll all have with it, which leads to the acceptance of our emotions and what you're going through. Now, the five stages of grief were created by Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She was the first person to talk about stages of grief in her book on death and dying. She published this in 1969. And in this book, she writes about the different emotions people may go through after they have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. So she was not writing about grief after bereavement. She was studying terminally ill patients and was studying what people were going through as they came to terms with their own death. And what she noticed and documented is they would go through a phase of denial, anger, they would start to bargain they would get depressed and eventually they would move into acceptance of their mortality. Now, this was groundbreaking at the time. Back in 1969, she was really shedding light on something no one was talking about. But for whatever reason, we have adapted it into what someone goes through after the loss of a loved one. There wasn't a lot of studies or research into that back then. And if the dying are going through this process, then those left behind must go through these stages too. Now, there's actually tons of theories out there now, lots of studies, lots of different ways, lots of different books on educating on grief, which are all amazing. And somehow the five stages of grief are still the most known. I mean, grief is so scary and it's unknown. And I think what the five stages help do is make it seem somehow simple and something that you can handle and get through. It helps you know what to expect. I mean, I know I read all the bullet points about each stage and thinking, okay, like I can do this. I can handle this. Because again, 
I really had no idea what to expect. It was very much unknown territory and I wanted to know. It's that whole control thing humans like. And I think that's why we've implemented these five stages. It gives us the sense of control and we don't do well with not knowing what's ahead of us. That brings in a whole lot of fear. So that kept my fear at bay a little bit, except when I started experiencing all different crazy emotions and you know, wasn't going through these five stages like I thought I was going to be. But if you've grieved, you know that it's not linear and it has no end. And it's not neat and tidy what the five stages made me feel like it was going to be. You can experience some of the things in the five stages of grief or all of them. Or you may have quite different emotions. For example, you may at first feel relief after the death of a person you loved. If they have been in pain or if caring for them had become very difficult, there's going to be some sense of relief there. And I know for a lot of people that brings in shame because we shouldn't feel relief after someone we loved has died. And it's not that you're going to not grieve them and not miss them and have all that crazy amount of emotions come in, but it is quite normal to have that sense of relief when someone you loved has been in pain for a really long time or if you were their caregiver and it was really becoming difficult. That is normal and valid to feel. But you also may experience other feelings such as guilt, loneliness, anxiety, fear, confusion, regrets, and there's just so much more. There's a huge list. There is no set list of emotions that everyone is going to experience. Most of us find that our feelings come and go quite frequently, and it feels very chaotic and out of control. I remember there's times where you feel so many emotions within a day, within an hour, even within minutes sometimes, and it feels like you're going insane and crazy because it's just so overwhelming and so much. But in my experience, usually these waves of feelings they'll become less intense over time. That first year is just so intense and there's so much to process and go through that it is very chaotic. And that's one of the problems with saying there's five stages because if you are experiencing something different than those five stages, then you feel like you're grieving wrong. And that's when things like shame come in or starting to suppress what you're feeling because you shouldn't be feeling that way. The the shooting on yourself. I shouldn't be feeling guilt because that's not something that you should be going through in grief, but you might have an immense amount of guilt to deal with, but you suppress it down there because that's not something that you believe goes with grief. Everything is all mixed up. I like to describe it to people as a big ball of yarn that's all tangled up. Picture it with different colors all intertwined. Each of those colors is a different emotion and that's a lot to work through. That's a lot to untangle but over time I truly do believe that we can slowly untangle that mess and become more aware, more accepting, and have a better relationship with all those emotions that they become more neat tidy piles. And another thing to note is that what you feel today, it might be completely different than what you feel tomorrow. You might have had a day of just complete sadness. You were crying all day. And then the next day, you're just full of rage and anger and hate everything and everything's unfair. 
And it just, it, it could flip flop so much like that. And that's why, you know, you can almost, I mean, there was times where I thought I was out of denial. I was starting to accept that Jason was truly gone. He wasn't coming back. But then I could slip right back into denial and, and be in that denial. Like, no, this isn't happening. This can't be true. Or even bargaining. Bargaining did happen a lot for me in the beginning. The whole, I would do anything to have him back. I just wish I could wake up and he'd be here. Please just let him walk through that door. And you kind of get through that and different emotions would kind of surface. And then you go back into bargaining when you thought you were done with bargaining or you thought you were done with anger. You thought you dealt with the anger. And then now it's like bubbling back up and it's so intense. But that is grief. There's just so much to process, so much to understand, so much to sort through that emotions are, are a forever thing. And what helps me come to more acceptance with my grief is giving it a definition. And a definition that I found that is my favorite is that grief is a natural human response to losing someone or something that is important to us. It's natural. Putting that word natural in it helps immensely because it's something that you're supposed to do. And then realizing that grief equals love. And as long as there is love, there's going to be grief. It's forever. I will always hold love for Jason. We will always hold love in our hearts for the people that we have lost until the day we die. It's forever. Which if we change our relationship with grief, it doesn't have to be a bad thing because we see grief as this bad thing, which I think is why we want to put a timeline on it because we don't want to have this bad thing with us forever. But grief doesn't have to be a bad thing. It's hard. It's messy. It's overwhelming. It's challenging. But in time, we can start to accept this. And as far as acceptance goes, it's not a one and done thing either. You bounce in and out of acceptance. For example, for me, something might come up like one of my kids accomplishing something and I have a really hard time accepting that Jason's not there to see it or be there for them, right? I'm, I'm not stuck in that forever, but it comes in and I have a hard time with that and I move through it. Emotions and feelings are forever. They're constantly changing as we go through life. And after you lose someone, feelings can be more complex. There is kind of an added layer to everything that you go through in life without your loved one there. So that's why I focus on teaching about emotions and how to have a better relationship with them, opposed to teaching the five stages of grief. And the first step, I believe, is acknowledging that you're going to be all over the map especially in the beginning and also acknowledging that emotions are forever and accepting that. And that's okay. Let your emotions show you where you're at. Emotions are telling you a story about what you're going through. And another helpful tool was just simply naming them and just acknowledging when they are present. Like, oh, hey, I'm feeling really angry right now. And diving into maybe why you're feeling angry and, and just not making them the enemy that we want to run away from. It's hard to embrace those harder emotions, but why not thank them for showing up so you know where you're at in your journey? And, and that's how you can truly begin to heal is having that better relationship with them. They're not the enemy. 
they are just trying to show you something. Your feelings don't have to be good or bad. We don't have to label them that way. They just are. And when feelings come up as you are grieving, it simply means you need to explore it and find healthy ways to express it and release it. Just allow your thoughts and feelings to surface without judgment. And when it comes to a timeline on grief, I want you to just throw that out the window. I know we all want a finish line, especially in the beginning when things are just so unbearable and painful and you don't know how you're going to get through it. But the best thing I can tell you is just take the time to learn about your grief. If you don't know much about grief, find some books. There's tons of resources out there and see what resonates with you, what feels best on your journey. And then just pausing throughout the day to acknowledge your feelings and and name them and see them without any judgment and see your grief as a love you can no longer physically give that person that you're missing. I truly hope this gives you more guidance on your grief journey and helps you see that your feelings are very normal, whatever you're experiencing. Your feelings are valid, each and every one of them. Be gentle with yourself as you go through all of this and give yourself lots of grace. And finally, let's just stop putting stipulations on grief. It's like trying to fit a square peg into a circle. Grief is as unique as each person and everyone is going to grieve differently and have a different experience. Also, if you own a business or you work at a business or just someone who wants an overview on grief and the emotions we experience to replace the five stages of grief. I have a beautiful pamphlet that I put together and would be happy to send it to you. All you need to do is reach out to me and I'll get that off to you. That's what I have for you today. If you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it and help spread these important grief topics. You can follow me over on Instagram at juliederks underscore grief coach. That's J-U-L-I-E. D-E-R-K-S underscore grief coach. I appreciate you and sending all my love.